0: Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast that explains the Bible. And hi, my name is Jen. I'm the host here and I am excited that you are taking time out of your morning or day or whenever you're uh, choosing to sit and listen to this podcast to read the Bible with me. It's so important and I'm just so happy that you are choosing to spend your time with me this morning. So grab your cup of coffee and let's go ahead and start reading Luke chapter 16. But before I begin with that I want to thank everybody who has been contacting me over the past couple weeks I really appreciate anybody who uh, contacts me with a testimonial or just has questions or prayer requests or anything like that and I did promise I would share one of the testimonials and this one is from Steve Steve And Steve contacted me approximately a month ago to say, Hi Jen, just wanted to say thank you for your faithfulness. I enjoy listening to and getting strength from The Bible Explained every afternoon on my ride home from work. So thank you, Steve, for sharing that with me. I really did appreciate it. And really from anybody who shares a testimonial with me or anything else, a prayer request, a question that you might have or anything else, just contact me either on Facebook or on my website. My website is www.p40ministries.com. And then the Facebook page is facebook.com p40ministries. And while you're over on the Facebook page, don't forget to hit that little like button so that you can stay in uh, the loop with everything going on with the Bible Explained podcast and P40 Ministries, which is the ministry that produces this podcast. So once again, thank you guys. But as you all know, I am going to read out of the book of Luke today. We are in Luke chapter 16 this morning. This is the first time being in Luke 16. And this, this chapter, I found it kind of difficult, if I'm being honest. I uh, I read through it recently and I've been trying to study it because I think this is one of the most difficult passages I've encountered so far in Luke. So I'm excited to share it with you guys and see uh, how the Holy Spirit leads through this. So let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 16 verses 1 through 10 today. I'll be reading out of the WEB as always. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a manager. An accusation was made to him that this man was wasting his possessions. He called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an accounting of your management for you can no longer be a manager. The manager said within himself, what will I do? Seeing that my Lord is taking away the management position from me. I don't have strength to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I am removed from management, they may receive me into their houses. Calling each one of his lord's debtors to him, he said to the first, How much do you owe my lord? He said, A hundred betos of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? And he said, A hundred cores of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. His lord commended the dishonest manager, because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are, in their own generation, wiser than the children of the light. I tell you, make for yourselves friends by means of unrighteous mammon, so that when you fail, that they may receive you into eternal tents. He who is faithful in very little is faithful also in much. He who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. So the first thing I noticed here was verse 1, where it says that he was only talking to his disciples at this point. Because in Luke chapter 15, he was actually talking with the multitudes and telling them, and there was a lot of tax collectors and sinners in his presence. And he was talking with the multitudes and with the tax collectors. And he was also talking with the Pharisees, because the Pharisees didn't like the fact that Jesus was associating, I suppose, with tax collectors and sinners. But now we switch over to... Jesus only talking to his disciples. So it could be that Jesus just switched and started teaching his disciples and there was still a multitude with him, or this could be a totally separate occasion. However, I personally don't think it's a separate occasion because it kind of flows a little bit from Luke 15, because he was talking about the prodigal son, and now he goes into a completely different um, parable. And we also see, if we read down further than what I read, that there are Pharisees present, and the Pharisees were in fact listening in. So I do personally believe that Jesus was still with the multitudes, still on his way to Jerusalem, but he switches the conversation from talking to the multitudes to talking with just his disciples, because I can imagine that Jesus screaming to the multitudes all the time probably got pretty tiring. Maybe the multitudes also got tired from the travel. Maybe they were taking a rest and Jesus was just hanging out with his disciples at this point. I don't know. There could be many different uh, scenarios here. But one way or the other, Jesus was only talking with his disciples at this point in time. And whoever was around could have also been listening in also, which sounds like these Pharisees. So anyway, Jesus immediately starts out by talking about this parable about The shrewd manager, as I believe what this parable is called, the shrewd manager. So Jesus starts out by saying there was a rich guy and this rich guy had a shrewd manager. And this manager was not a good manager because this rich man was going to fire him from being the manager is what it says. It says an accusation was made to the rich man that his manager was wasting his possessions. So this manager was not a good manager, and he was about to be fired. So his employer starts talking with him and says, look, you're not going to be the manager for any longer. So give me an account of everything that you've done over the years, and I'm going to have to fire you. Sorry. So now this manager starts getting stressed out because he knows that he is about to be fired. He's not fired yet, but he is about to be, but he has to make an account of everything that he's done over the years to give to his employer. So he thinks very quickly because he doesn't wanna get fired from his position. And he also doesn't want to go work as a common person because here's what it says. I don't have the strength to dig and I am ashamed to beg. This manager might've been a little bit older, In this parable, because he was no longer a fit young man. He was not able to go out in the fields and dig and work in that way. And then he also didn't want to go out in the streets and beg because he had too much pride to do that. And maybe he had a family he had to take care of. So he didn't want to be a beggar either. So he thinks very, very quickly. And so he's like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to call up all these people that owe money to my master. And that's exactly what he does because clearly his master was so rich that he had loaned out quite a lot of money to certain people. And I believe that was very common as well in Jesus's day. I believe that a rich man could own many fields and actually, uh, lend them out to farmers, for a price and also part of the stuff that they got from those fields such as you know grapes or olives or whatever else would go back to the master. And if I'm remembering correctly, that is what would happen in Jesus's day and it was decently common. Though don't quote me on that and I haven't looked that up. <laughs> so that could have been what was happening right here with this master. He had loaned out some fields Uh, to people that they could use it. And actually, that does happen nowadays as well. I know somebody who is a um, who's a nursery worker who has a lot of land on his own property, like his his house. And he actually loans out part of that land for farmers to come in and uh, sow their seeds or whatever and plant like a big garden and then sell that stuff. And he actually rents out his property. So I'm going to guess if it's happening now, it happened back in Jesus's day, too. (laughs) So yeah, we'll just say that's what's ha- what's happening here. So anyway, these people that are farming the master's land owes the master some money. So this shrewd manager calls up all these people that owe his master money. So he sits them down and he says to them, he says to the first, how much do you owe my lord? And the guy says, a hundred betos of oil. I have no clue what a beto is. Let me look that up. Okay, my footnote says 100 Betos is about 395 liters or 104 U.S. gallons. So that's quite a lot. Actually, that's, yeah, that's a ton. Yeah. So anyway, he owes uh, the master 100 gallons of oil, of olive oil. So the manager says to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 50. So he slashes this guy's debt that he owes the master in half. And in my mind, here's what the thought process was for this manager. These people who owe his master money, or whatever resources are here, aren't giving his master these resources back. So it would make sense for him to slash the bill so that his master at least gets something back. But then on top of this, he's also making friends with this particular person, and this person could be a manager himself this person could be a owner himself who knows we don't really know the situation but he's making friends this manager is making friends with these people who owe his master he's making connections so that when his master eventually fires him from the management position he has someplace possibly to go or he has resources to find another management job So he does this with all the people that owe his master money. He slashes their bill and he says, no, you don't owe that much. You owe this much. And he makes a lot of friends and his master still gets something out of the deal. So at the very end of all of this, the master ends up commending the dishonest manager because he was smart. He thought it through. And I don't know if he fired the manager or not. It doesn't say. Jesus kind of ends the parable there. But one way or the other, he got commended for his shrewd thinking at the end of all this. So a lot of people don't like this parable because they think that Jesus is commending bad behavior. Personally, I don't think that's what it is. I think Jesus is almost saying here that this manager is wise of the ways of the world. Wiser than the children of the light are to the things of God. This is how Jesus concludes it. The children of this world are in their own generation wiser than the children of the light. So he's saying people who are of the world know how to use the world's resource to benefit themselves. But the children of the light, the Christians, don't know how to use the world's resources to benefit other people. What this shrewd manager did was totally 100% selfish. He was shrewd for sure, but he was shrewd Selfishly. He used the resources he had to benefit himself. But the children of the light don't use the resources of the world to benefit other people. And they should be, I think, is what Jesus is saying here. They should be using the resources they have to benefit other people. Because here's what it says in verse 9 I tell you, make for yourselves friends by means of unrighteous mammon so that when you fail, they may receive you into the eternal tense. And I'll explain that a little bit more in detail, but I just want to say one thing first. There are verses in the Bible that say stuff like, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And there's another verse in the Bible that says, be in the world, but don't be of the world. And this is kind of the concept Jesus is st- stating here. Christians are in the world. They are supposed to be in the world. They have to be in the world. That is where we are. (laughs) But they're not supposed to use the world's resources for themselves like this shrewd manager. They're not supposed to be of the world like the shrewd manager. Rather, they're supposed to use the unholy things or rather the unrighteous things to benefit other people. Now, does this mean we act shrewdly? No, I don't believe that's what this means. But I do believe that... We can use things like money to benefit other people, because that's what Jesus says here. Make for yourselves friends by means of unrighteous mammon so that when you fail, they may receive you into the eternal tense. What's that mean? The eternal tense, the eternal kingdom, eternity. I mean, what person doesn't love a gift? We all love gifts. (laughs) And it could be a way to help somebody get closer to God through things of the world. So yes, we are supposed to be wise in how we use our resources, not for ourselves, like the shrewd manager, but for other people. And I truly believe that's what this parable is talking about. Because a lot of times, Christians want to hide from the world. We want to run from the things of the world. I mean, just look at the Amish. They're a great example. I live near tons of Amish. And I love their products. I think they make truly amazing things. But the Amish are a community of people that truly hide themselves from the world. They don't let a lot of people in. They don't use a lot of modern resources. They don't evangelize either. They hide from the world. And Christians have a tendency to do that. Because we feel almost evil if we use something of the world. But for example, let's just say my podcasting equipment here. Definitely something of the world. Most of the podcasts out there, if you listen to them, like let's just say the Joe Rogan podcast. I mean, he, he uses the F word every 30 seconds. His dynamically inserted advertisements are just filled with F words. It's kind of interesting. And I'll be honest, I listen to him on occasion, but he's somebody who is using podcasting equipment, equipment to produce something that is of the world. But yet you can't just say, oh, podcasting equipment is wrong then. Because if I didn't have my podcasting equipment, I couldn't be reaching people on the other side of the United States, or in Canada, or in England, or in Australia. I couldn't reach any of you guys if I didn't have my worldly podcasting equipment. (laughs) So we use the resources of the world to spread the gospel. That is the point of all of this. Rather than hiding, we go out, we use what we've been given To spread the gospel to benefit other people, it doesn't have to be just through money either. Because the word Jesus uses here actually is mammon, unrighteous mammon. And mammon does not necessarily just mean money, it just means riches in general, resources, things. Whatever things we have been given from God, we are to use to benefit other people, not just ourselves. We're not supposed to be looking inwardly, we're supposed to be looking outwardly towards the kingdom. Because who knows how we're going to use those resources to someday help somebody get into God's kingdom. And God uses things all the time to bring, him, to bring people to Christ. I believe that is one of the reasons God blesses us, to show his love and mercy so that they can see the things that they have been blessed with and worship God. So yes, rather than running from the world, as Christians have a tendency to do, We are not supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to be going out into the world just as sheep among wolves. That's what Jesus said. And in the end, this shrewd manager that Jesus talks about understands the ways of the world, understands how to use what he has to benefit himself. So if this guy can do it without the Holy Spirit, why can't we, with the wisdom the Holy Spirit gives us, understand how to use the things of the world to benefit other people. But the way Jesus ends all this is he kind of gives a little money lesson here. And this is why I don't believe that money is inherently evil. I do not believe that in the least. And I've said that many times on the podcast before. My dad was a financial planner. My husband also gets into financial planning as well. He loves it. We do the Dave Ramsey program. In my house and if you guys don't know who Dave Ramsey is you're missing out and he does a really fantastic uh, financial plan so no I do not believe that money is inherently evil and if you even look up Dave Ramsey one of the reasons he says to save and to gain wealth in the end is so that you can go out into the world and bless people with your wealth so here's what Jesus says he who is faithful in very little is faithful also in much He who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. So if God gives us just a little bit and we are dishonest with it, or we're doing something underhanded with it, why would God give us more? But if God gives us just a little bit and we do something good with it and we are honest with it, then God is going to give us more to handle. It's just like our kids. And I'm not a parent, so I don't pretend to be an expert in this, but when we give our kids something we want to make sure that they are able to handle it before we give them more and it's the same thing that God does with us he sees how we act with a little bit so he can see whether or not he can bless us with more in the end so my point here is that if God blesses us with something we are supposed to be faithful with it but also in the end When he blesses us with much, it is not just for our benefit. It is for the benefit of everyone else. Because we are not supposed to just hold on to what God gives us. There's nowhere in scripture that says that that's a good thing. Don't forget the parable of the unwise man who put barns up for himself so that he could store all of his goods forever in these barns and eat, drink, and be merry till he died. That was unwise of him, even though God had given him that bounty It was unwise of him to just hoard it for himself. So yes, there are verses in the Bible where God says to give, 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 because giving is good. Giving benefits other people as well as ourselves. But like I said, it's not just money that we are supposed to be giving. It is resources. It is time. It is uh, food, anything really that we have in bounty. We can give to other people. And it is important to do so. Well, faithful listeners, a lot more I could actually go into with this, but um, I'm getting kind of late on this podcast and I want to finish it soon. But I do want to make one little end note here, and this may or may not ruffle some feathers, but personally, I do not believe that what Jesus is talking about here with sharing has to do with socialism. But I'm not gonna talk about that now because that's a whole can of worms. But I might go more into that in Acts chapter two when we get into the book of Acts and we talk about the early church giving. But that won't be for a little while. We still have to go through John before we go into Acts. But fun fact, Acts was also written by Luke, the guy who wrote Luke. So it actually does make a really great segue from the book of Luke into the book of Acts. And I did consider for a second going from Luke to Acts, and then after Acts, going back to John. But I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to go ahead and do John and then go into the book of Acts after that. So I'll just go in the normal order of the Bible. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of the Old Testament. Until then, happy listening, and God bless. God bless.